Hey, Nation of Conversation, this is your producer, Julian Burrell, here. Uh, Just wanted to let you know something before we get into this week's show. As some of you guys know, we record uh, this podcast a little early in the week on Wednesday, and it publishes on Saturday. And this week we recorded even earlier um, on Tuesday. And what that usually means is that, you know, sometimes during the week we miss uh, big breaking news events, and we don't really have time to cover them in a timely fashion for the show that's coming up. Uh, And this week, unfortunately, that includes some pretty awful news that we've gotten. Uh, We lost Terry Funk on, uh, I believe, Wednesday evening. And just uh, a day, I think about just a day later, we lost Bray Wyatt to... It's pretty shocking news, just like all of you. We were feeling really terrible. And, um, you know, it's just... It's never easy dealing with loss, even in in the wild world of pro wrestling, where we have these parasocial relationships with all these wrestlers, but... Still, it's a really difficult circumstance all the same. So you're not going to hear us talk about Bray or Terry this week. Um, you can look forward to that next week. We're going to do a lot of um, discussions and tributes, asking for you guys for your favorite memories of both of them. But in the meantime, just enjoy the show if you're ready to laugh about wrestling. Totally understand if you got to wait a little while before you feel up to it. But that's that. Hug your loved ones and uh, have a great weekend. The Tights and Fights Podcast, for over six years, a revolutionary force in sports and entertainment. Very superstitious, riding on the wall. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm Big Talker Pump. Holla if you hear me, Hal Lublin. Holla if you hear me, Lublin. Come on. And I'm joined today. Yeah, there it is. We fixed it in the room. And I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation. (laughs) The Dan Handle Slam, Danielle Radford. Ooh, that was a good one on the first time. And that's it. Get it. Are you, are you part of this, Julian? Are you part of this, Julian? <laughs> are you part of this? Uh, I'll, I'll be here in a way if I really feel the spirit moving me, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Obi-Wan Kenobi himself. Well, we don't know when we're going to get him, but he'll appear when we need him most. All right. The hurricane happened. I felt the quake. I got the rain. That was pretty much it. I moved two glasses because I was like, oh, those could fall off the shelf. And then you know what happened? One of them fell into the other and broke. <laughs> I lost one of my glasses. Aww, I'm down to one Thrilling man. Adventure Hour martini glass for anybody who's wondering. How How is everything good for you? You need to put that in like one of those uh, 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 like keepsake, keepsake shelves. I can't talk today. This sure. is the first time I've talked to people today, and you can always tell, and it's never a good idea to have the first time you actually use your voice instead of your fingers to be when you're recording a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is what I sound like? Uh, 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 uh. Like, ugh, I Whoa. forgot how words work. Uh, but Why everything was fine for this? you, right? Just rain? Uh, yeah, a lot of rain, yeah. Uh, the cats freaked the fuck out. And at first, I thought that they were freaking out because of the storm. And I was like, I got you, babies. What's the worry? And then the earthquake came. And I was like, oh, they were trying to tell us about the earthquake. Sorry. Now, you felt it? How bad was My it bad. for you? I didn't feel it at all. Um, I was also like, I took it as a full-on snow day. 
<laughs> where I was like, oh, like there's a yeah. tropical storm coming. So I'm just going to lay in bed and hear the rain and read books and charge all of my appliances. So this weekend, whereas normally like I have certain days that I work for certain outlets and then other mm-hmm. days where I work for me, but I'm basically always doing some kind of work every single day of the week. And this weekend I was like, no, I'm going to go ahead and take a little tropical storm like Good. snow Good day. for you. You should take more of those even when there isn't a storm. I've heard that from my mom. <laughs> That's true. I, I don't know why I said anything. I'll tell you one thing. And a lot of us in, in the LA area were lucky to not be hit by it too badly just get rain but the plus side to that if you did a lot of prep like i did and uh like jennifer and i did like filling containers with water and stuff i did find every single power bank i owned and charged it which since the move i haven't known really where any of them are now i know where all of them are and they are all charged and ready to go oh that's good and then set yourself a reminder in three months to make sure that you charge them again that's right I, i should I should just use them while I'm around the house. Yeah, probably. Uh-huh. <laughs> One of them, I can't remember the last time I used it. It still had almost a full charge. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I had to buy one. And then I was reminded to charge my Switch. And my Switch was like, you haven't played with me in a year. It's going to take a minute. And so it did. It took like a while. The Switch was very <laughs> mad at me. Let's talk a little bit about what happened on Raw. Now, this is, I'm very upset about this. I watched some of Raw Live last night, and then I was like, all right, while I'm working today, I'll have it on. I can sort of look over at it. I put it on, and as the as the Gunther and Chad Gable match is starting, YouTube just freaks out, like, will not play it. On the yeah. phone won't play it. On the computer won't play oh, it. Oh, I had some YouTube problems earlier, too. It might have been, mm-hmm. like, a YouTube thing. For sure it was YouTube TV, but I'm so upset because I heard... That is a fantastic match. And, of course, Chad Gable gets the win by countout, being the first guy to get a, a, a solo victory over Gunther since he's been on the main roster. That's pretty impressive. Chad Gable just beat the Intercontinental Champion. All right, let's calm, calm down a second, Michael Cole. Let's be clear. It's a countout. It is a victory. It's a miracle for Chad Gable, but still the champion is Gunther. Gunther has lost it. He's so fucking good. And they keep saddling him with like dumb gimmicks. And it's like, no, it turns out his gimmick is that he's really good. And you can put him on the mic and he can do stuff. But like, don't have him do the shorty stuff. Have him do what he's doing now where he's like a mentor to like other people. That's exactly where he should be. He's he's in a perfect position. I don't see him taking the IC title off, but I think that, you know, give him a year or so, he could be a contender for Money in the Bank, and that would be quite nice. I think he might be the guy to beat him. We're not too many days away from passing the Honky Tonk Man. He'll pass it. Now, Gable has a claim to, to wrestle him. You have a, I just think it's a really compelling story to have him win that belt. And Gunther needs to move. Like, Gunther's ready to move on. It's He's time for up. him. It's time for him to, I think he's the guy to take the title off of Seth. The Shinsuke stuff is, I was talking to to Julian before you got in here, and I was like, I, I can't remember the last time I felt invested in Shinsuke, and I don't blame him for that. I, I know it's booking, but this whole feud just seems so, I, I don't, I also don't care about Seth as much. Any, I love Seth as an in-ring competitor. 
But when he comes out and tries to do the serious thing and you can see his nipples through his shirt, it doesn't work. <laughs> like he's coming out in one of those inflatable sumo suits and he's like, we need to have a talk about about birth control. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? So they did a really good promo with Shinsuke that was... Uh, a lot of people are saying like it's a lot closer to like some of his New Japan promos and stuff like that. I think that that set him up. I really like where Seth's title is right now just because I feel like it's a pretty open playing field. And I mm-hmm. feel like this is one of those ones where there's at least like three or four dudes who if they got it, I'd be like, I get it and I'm not mad at it. Who are all the guys? Finn is definitely in the running for that for me. Mm-hmm. It's Gunter. Gunter is one who I definitely think could get in there and, and do something with it. If LA Knight came in and did like a surprise and wound up getting it just because they were like, we have to fucking respond to this heat, I wouldn't be angry at that either, you know? Speaking of Finn and the Judgment Day, we're going through this, will they, won't they break up? What is the discord about? They know that they're the most dominant faction, especially with the bloodline out of the way. And I love how that was set up, uh, set up so well. By the commentary team. The commentary teams are doing a fantastic job, but pointing out like, hey, oh, they're not, killing a it without having Vince in their ear. Oh my god! Right, Judgment Day is 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 in this place where JD McDonough feels like he's sort of sort of persona non grata for everybody, but Finn, and then Finn saying we're, we have to stay together. The spot with the Money in the Bank briefcase going through his legs and to Cody. They're finding really fun ways for Damien trying to help Finn and that backfiring. I yeah. really oh, I Cody. appreciate that. Duh, Cody is also another one who, if he got Seth spilt, I'd be like, yeah, that makes 100% sense. I think he might go back to back in the Rumble and, and win the title off of Roman. I think he's the guy to do it. I'm convinced now that that's the way they're going to go. I thought it was going to be Jay, but... I, I, need, I need Roman to beat... Hulk Hogan's record. That's literally the only thing I care about. You could put it on a possum after that. You could put it on me. You could put it on my cat. You could put it on one of those chairs that they give away at WrestleMania. I just need him to beat the racist record. And I know it's going to be like a year or so from now. I don't care. I just want that man stricken from the fucking record book as number one. That's it. That is purely spite and hatred and pettiness. Just to maybe make you feel a little better, he's number three. I know, but I still... I don't think they're going to do it, but I understand. I understand why you want it. I'm not arguing yeah. about it. Oh, I don't know if they're going to do it. I just know that I want it in my heart. Yeah. And then I'm going to get really bummed if it doesn't happen. I kind of think they will. They're counting 84 to 88. Well, that it makes 88. sense. He lost it to Andre the Giant. He won it in 84. I'm sure he loves the number 88. Let me stop, Danielle. You got to uh, stop. <laughs> H.H. Hulk Hogan. Not as much as he hates the number 13. Um, <laughs> Ooh, but add one more number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. It's nice to see. It's nice to see Kevin Owens back. It's nice to see the tag titles on television again. Yeah, that is always nice. I like when titles are on TV. And the Piper Niven Chelsea Green stuff is kind of fun. I'm curious to I... see where they go with it. I really liked the the Chelsea's Got Talent or whatever, where she's going around backstage mm-hmm. and and uh, talking to people about different uh, uh, like ways they could be part of like her tag team partner. Like when she had that moment with Tommaso Ciampa. I am searching for my next tag partner. I don't know if you saw, but mine is missing. Um, so if you wanted to sign up, I'm thinking. I'm looking for a tag tag partner. Like a friend, like a best friend. I had one of those once. Okay, this sounds like a story. Why don't you tell us? 
my babies. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to see them mention. I mean, it, I think they're, I, I don't know if, I thought, oh, I guess Johnny Gargano's hurt. I thought Gargano was cleared and maybe they were just waiting for him and Dexter Loomis. They might be. Dexter Loomis is one that does need to get back on my TV soon. Yeah, he's great. They have mm-hmm. to bring him back with Johnny and then split him off of Johnny. There's so many people getting airtime. Like, it's nice to see how many stories they're juggling and some of them come to the forefront and then disappear. One of the things I did get to see last night was Becky and Trish Stratus. Mm-hmm. W-O-O-F. Woof. Yeah. I, look, I I love Trish. Tough. Trish is a legend. There is something very different between training up and coming back for a Royal Rumble where there are a bunch of other people in there who can carry you and do things with you or a four, you know, a four man tag match where you can do the same thing. Mm -hmm. I think there's a very big difference between that and then coming back for a full, like for a run, what, 15 years after you've retired, something like that. Mm -hmm. It's a difference and you lose a step and Becky is great. She's fantastic at what she does. Like, she can't carry the whole match. And you start to really see the crack show. And here's where I sound like a whore, you bitch. Trish, during her time in WWE, amazing. Compared to where the women in WWE are now, you can see the difference in the way one generation was trained between the way this generation is trained. That's nothing to say anything about her. If they would have been training the women the way they are now back yeah. then, she would be where they are. But they weren't. For and sure. so that's that's her training. She that's that's where she was and that's where she left it. And so those are two huge hurdles to overcome. And you can be in the best shape of your life and not be able to wrestle, you know? That's true. I was sitting here thinking, well, I was like, well, Mickey James is a contemporary Trish Stratus. Mickey James never really stopped working. So nope. she's been able to adjust and evolve as a performer and continue to add to her bag because yep. she was here as women's wrestling became more prominent and and there were more opportunities for women. Yeah, she was a part of, even before, you know, we, we obviously talk about the women's evolution and revolution and all of those great terms, but the knockouts has been a fantastic division even before all of that happened and Mickey was a huge part of that as well. Right. Her and like Gail Kim and a bunch of other, you know, Karma, uh, a.k.a. Awesome Kong. Like there was a great generation of women knockouts who were fucking killing it. And she was a part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100 uh, percent. How do you feel about the new look Street Profits? Mm. Heel Street uh, Profits. Uh, soup Boys? Yes. My Soup Boys? Look, I always love when someone's like, we have to get serious. You need a collared shirt. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I always like when it's like, good fucking button down. Like, they go in the meeting and one of them is like, hey, but these are like, I wore my fancy shoes. It's like, no, good with Taylor. <laughs> also, I just, can we appreciate how good the suits fit? Because there yeah. has classically been a problem with big dudes in wrestling suits where they look like, like, they're borrowing their dad's clothes because people don't know how to like tailor for huge bodies. And I feel like now that like NBA dudes and NFL dudes have been like, nah, like we're not, we're going to show up and show out like tailors have gotten better. Cause if you go back and look at like John Cena in a suit, it's definitely like, he looks like he's playing dress up in someone else's closet. Like, where did you get that huge black man suit from John? Yeah. It looks like he's getting drafted to the NBA in 1996. 
Yeah, like, like are you going to put giant, on a Kang and a Kango hat? What are yeah. we doing? We have that quadruple-breasted jacket. Looks great on you, John. Yeah. At, at least, at least the bottom of it touches your ankles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> running around here. What was the name of that? The, the, was it the mayor of Chicago? What was her name? Oh man. I'm not going back to Google. I refuse. Don't go back to Google. But y'all know exactly who I'm talking about. He's running around here looking like her. And it's like, why is everyone dressed like a studsman? What are we doing? And so I just really appreciate that they really got together with them suits because them boys look good. <laughs> it doesn't look like somebody went to Bilderberg and said, make me a guy in a suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay if the arms are too long. Yeah, that's fine. Don't worry about it. It's going to look great with a trailblazers cap on the top. Yeah. Uh, Edge's match with Sheamus was fantastic, and they built this up. I mean, it's 25 years of Edge. They built it up like he's going away for good. Did they not run 25 years of Edge by anyone? Because <laughs> does. Thank you. It does sound like 25 years of edging. I'm sorry. I I know I interrupted you, but I I, I can't. Every time I hear it, I'm like I can't help it. I'm sorry. Please continue well, he has f- being. He has fifty shades of gray in his beard. <laughs> the rated uh, R superstar. He still can go. He's fantastic. I don't believe this is his last match because he won, and traditionally guys like that will go will put somebody over on their way out. Yep. But for him to get to handpick his opponent for that night and have it be Sheamus is great. I don't, was it twenty five years from his from his debut? It must have been. I think that's I think what he was is, pretty. Yeah. yeah, he debuted in like in August of of ninety eight. That would make sense, right around then, mm-hmm. with Gangrel, who's like one of the nicest. He was so nice when I met Gangrel. He's like just a sweet guy. He's like, oh, you want you want me to put the teeth in? Is that okay? Can I put, should I put the teeth in? Yeah, say, I've yeah, heard nothing sure. but good things about that dude. I've heard that he's fantastic. Um, yeah, what a sweetheart. Yeah, I believe that that's where the twenty five years of edging comes from. He keeps saying he's only got one year left in him, and when wrestlers say that, that means that he had one year left in him five years ago because these dudes don't want to give up. And I get it because it's a thing that you love and it's hard to kind of let go of the idea of, of and be realistic about what you can and cannot do so that you can still have longevity for the rest of your life and mm-hmm. for your kids' lives and for your grandkids' lives. Um, and his kids are still very young. So, you know, everyone's all these, like, maybe he'll show up in AEW, maybe he'll show up here, maybe he'll show up there. <laughs> Part of me wonders if he does want to do that thing where he's like i'm just gonna go around and like once a month i'll show up somewhere do something really cool as a part of my retirement tour and then get the fuck out that wouldn't surprise me but also it kind of wouldn't surprise me if he was like i just want to leave but i have to believe that there is no fucking way that his last match like match match does not involve christian in some way I just don't see that happening. And I, I I know that him and Seamus have a thing. Everybody has a thing with Seamus. Man, Seamus is like the most popular guy in the fucking room. But there's no way his chapter ends without Christian being a part of it. That would be when I would be like, okay, I feel like he's probably going to do one or two more matches somewhere else. I mean, they, they, they got him together for that rumble. True story. <clears throat> and Edge came in solo. He'll go out solo. It was June of, of 1998. I mean, it's still the same summer of 1998. It took a while. Christian didn't show up till later until Edge sort of brought him in. Mm-hmm. So there is something to that. And Edge, I agree. I, I, Edge and Christian are, I, I loved Edge and Christian. I also, like, all this talk about him going to AEW to pretend like 
they are on the same level as one another as promotions, to me, is preposterous. And Edge has never seemed like the kind of guy who's trying to squeeze one more thing. You know no. what I mean? And he's got, I mean, he's got the new Percy Jackson coming out. He's mm-hmm. been acting very consistently for at least the last 10 or 15 years. You know, Money he's plane. been on... He's been on t- uh, on the TV in Canada. He's been in, obviously, the critically acclaimed Money Plane. You mm-hmm. know, he, I think he did like an episode of Arrow or yeah, The Flash did. or one of those. Like he's, he's been consistently working, and so that's another reason why I'm like I believe that he is done when he says he's got a year left because yeah. he's also got to think about those knees for when he's acting. There's nothing left for him to do in WWE. He's done There's, everything. Yeah, he's done the pinnacle of what you can do. Unless he's, and I don't think, and I don't know him, but he doesn't seem like one of those people. It's like, before I leave, I've got to hold a title in every promotion. Sasha, she's that person. Before she's done, she is going to want to hold a title every single place. Because that's just who she is, and that's like her spirit. She's also still quite young. But with him, I don't know, he doesn't strike. I don't know him, but he seems like he would be more than happy to just go and do his acting and actually have time to, like, spend with his babies yeah. and, like, watch them grow up. Because they're both, I want to say they're around pre-teenage or something like that. Those are still some real good fathering years, man. And there, there's nothing sadder than when you have a fantastic send-off to your career and then you show up somewhere else. Like, the if if... Ric Flair's last match ever had been the match against Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. I think you could probably look back and say, like, there's no better way he could have ended it than than in a match that great. Mm-hmm. But then he kept going because, you know, he's Ric Flair. He can do whatever he wants. I, You know, I'm not saying he can't do it. But I'm, for me, that that is like, oh, it sucks that, that that great thing wasn't your last thing. And then instead the last thing was, like, in a warehouse and... A bunch he of was passed out up. for half of it. Yeah, and he was passed out for half of it, at like not as healthy as he once was. But, you know, Edge is going to get that send-off. Christian never got that send-off. So it makes sense for him to go. Jericho wasn't done when he left WWE. So him showing up and doing his thing, like none of the people, even Soraya, uh, you know, she didn't get like a huge send-off. So her being able to wrestle and going into AEW makes sense. But I think once you get that, if you have a proper sense of telling a story, I think at a certain point you go, it's it's done. I just put I put my finishing stamp on it. It's time to move on. That's not easy to do by yeah. any means. I certainly get the appeal for Edge to go to AEW. There are a lot of fantastic people there that he's never worked with, that he could have great matches with. I just don't know if that's doesn't seem like that's something that he wants. And I, I do think that it's I think it's a step down in terms of the prestige of the organization. Just the prestige. There's just they don't have the legacy there, they don't have the history there, they don't have the branding there. It's just completely different. I mean, at this point in the industry, nothing would surprise me. So if you showed up, sure. you'd be like, oh, okay. But it is one of those things where, like, when I was taking improv, one thing that they teach you is like learn when the scene is over. Learn when learn when it's time to end the scene and move mm-hmm. on instead of dragging it out. Absolutely. And when you do something like 25 years of edging where you make it a huge deal that he's like leaving, <laughs> that he's done, you do kind of like, what What, what are you going to do? You're going to edge for 25 years and then you're going to try to go for four rounds? No, you're tired. You do the one round and then you're done. That guy who played Barney has been doing it for that long. <laughs> right? Yep. Hasn't that guy who played Barney been doing it for that long? Mm-hmm. He's living on the edge like that Aerosmith song. 
<laughs> Listen, stay part of the conversation with Tights and Fights on all of our social media channels, including Blue Sky. Most of us are there, too. Links are in the show notes. So come hang out. When we come back, no one will do it for you. That's up next on Tights and Fights. I'm Emily Heller. And I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And we're the hosts of Baby Geniuses. We've been doing our podcast for over 10 years. When we started, it was about trying to learn something new every episode. Now it's about us trying to actively get stupider. And it's working. (laughs) Hang out with us and you'll hear us chat about... Gardening. Horses. Various problems with our butts. And all the weird stuff that makes us horny. That's so weird, all that stuff. (laughs) Baby Geniuses, a show for adult idiots. Every other week on Maximum Fun. Baby Geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin and I'm joined today by Danielle Radford. Now it's time to give one corner of wrestling some extra attention. This is our main event. Let's get ready to oh. Anal bleeding. Oh. Whoa! Get a life, kid. Rhymes with shit. Holy shit. WWE I love Kate. Look at this face. And a hard fart victory. Live, pal. What? For years, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa were the central wrestlers for NXT. First as a tag team, then as bitter enemies. It was a story that took a lot of twists and turns, including real-life problems that disrupted it along the way. This is like everything that we've ever worked for over 12 years. NXT Tag Team titles, match of the year now, dream come true. We've traveled the world together for the last 12 years. DIY is us together. I remember their match against one another in the Cruiserweight Classic that was right before Mm. they became DIY where they talk about how they're friends, or they had just formed as a team and they were forced to wrestle one another. That entire classic was amazing. And then, yeah, like the the story of them being put together and having to learn in front of us how to be a tag team. And that's what I liked about it, because a lot of times they'll take two people who they've introduced as singles and then make them a tag team and be like, well, they're a tag team now. But their story was always about how they were learning how to go from being two competitors to being one solid, cohesive team. And that, to me, is a really interesting fucking story because that's also actually what was happening. You know, like when you take from things that are real, it's really compelling. And so obviously, like we all loved watching as they became as they gelled and as they like genuinely became friends watching like Ciampa at fucking Gargano's wedding and like all this stuff like it was as a fan. It's just like a really fun thing to see. Absolutely. And they had a great feud to help them learn to become a tag team, which was the Revival, who's now known as FTR. How about the two of you go back to your bingo halls and let the top guys handle top guy business? Your time at the top has come and gone. This is the big leagues. The one team you haven't dropped, we are the big leagues. And most importantly, we're the top guys here is Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. You have one of the best tag teams working today, and they were then as well, with these two 
incredible wrestlers who are learning to become a team. So the story, not only is the story great, like you point out, but you can't pick better people for them to work with. It was such a compelling story and it was such a big deal when they finally took the titles off of them. And they, they did, they had like some classics and I've talked about this before and I don't remember who the little boys were. They were the ones who they looked like two giant Ninja Turtles or they looked like, remember in Super Mario Brothers, the movie (laughs) when the gum, the, the, the the Goombas came out and they were just Uh big dudes with like Goomba heads. It was like those two dudes, you know. Um, the authors Yeah, of thank pain, you. Thank you, babe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, when they had that three-way right. with the authors of pain, which was... The Goombas of pain. <laughs> we bear bears. Which, yeah. It's, and that's... I'm not saying that to, like, body shame them. It was. It's a big part of it is the way that they're costumed and the way that they were, like, yeah, um, yeah, presented. Yeah. You know, when they had that fantastic moment when the, the huge, huge fucking rivals, uh, the Revival and DIY, coming in and, like, doing each other's moves like swapping teammates and then oh no now you know now gargano and hair are gonna go do are gonna go do one of diy's moves and now you know champa and bald are gonna go do one of ftr's moves just because like they've scouted each other so well that they can just go in and do that and that's part of the story as well and oh my god i'm gonna go watch that match after this actually because that match was fucking fantastic was that war games i gotta go back then we have uh champa turning on johnny which ends their partnership champa just comes out to no music and booze johnny's the white meat baby face also a fantastic feud you know they're obviously originally singles wrestlers we know they can go with one another it's a shame that their feud ended the way it did with that last match that was kind of like because uh, it was during the COVID era it was like 2020 yeah I, I, i'm trying to remember did that end an injury i think champa was injured after somebody was injured after after it because champa got injured a lot during because the, they were supposed to have a standard singles match and champa got yeah. hurt which kept him on the shelf for like a year. And then by the time he was coming back, COVID had happened and they couldn't really do a conclusion. Yeah, it had kind of like lost it. it yeah, it had lost a lot of its yeah. steam by that point, which is such a fucking bummer because that deserved to conclude in the big way that it was and it deserved to conclude in front of an audience. But it's got to end. What people don't understand is this was supposed to end last year, but this guy went and broke his neck. My biggest regret right now is I wasn't the one who broke it. Let's keep him back. Just calm down. But now they're both on the roster together. So you could get that again. They could redo that story. That's kind of the benefit of of it, them being in NXT. Even though NXT was wildly popular, they still didn't do the numbers that the main roster did. It was just a better show. So you could basically... Do some of that same story again. Hey, look, they've been running back fucking KO and Sami Zayn from NXT for as long as they've been doing it. And every time they do, I'm like, yeah, okay, fight forever. Whatever. I'm there. What do you need from me? Yeah. I will show up. Exactly. So maybe that's the thing to do with these guys because Ciampa hasn't had too much to do. Like he was on TV for a little bit and then not really on TV. And he was like in the secondary title picture and then not there and... Giving them time together will make it a bigger deal. And then you give one of them a belt, the other one chases. Or they challenge and win the tag titles together and you do it that way. However you do it, I think it would be really compelling television. I personally, especially after that little tease with the Chelsea Green thing, I kind of want them to go ahead and do the like, you know, let's, you know, get back together, be tag team, fall in love all over again. And then once again, break Daniel Radford's heart in a year at a (laughs) pay-per-view. 
<laughs> I do. I like I literally am like to me they are like another Kevin and Sammy where I'm like any version of them that you want to put together in any way if you want to put if you want to turn it so that Champa is suddenly like funny Champa and Gargano is back to being like the funny Gargano that he was in the way and put them together that way I'll watch it if you want it to be where Champa's like that intense fucking I will murder you with my eyes and Gargano is the white meat baby face I will watch it if you want to swap them I will watch it like any combination of these two together in a ring I am fucking there you know I think you're lucky and professional wrestling just like in in any kind of performing to find someone that you have like perfect chemistry with Mm -hmm. it's not easy and there are a lot of professional wrestlers who are great but never have that one person that they just you're always going to be tied to them and you could have great matches no matter what Shawn michaels had bret hart i believe that had he stuck around that Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and Randy Savage probably could have done stuff forever with one another. But even Steamboat and Flair, you know, Flair's one of those guys who's got a ton of them. But The Rock and Triple H, like these guys who just seeing them together gets everybody into a frenzy because you know that they just have chemistry. They're just going to carry off a great match. It doesn't mean they can't have great matches with other people, but you always have the one who is your big enemy. I got a question for you guys about uh, Champa Gargano before we see before we do listener mm-hmm. comments. Actually, I always think about Champa being classic heel and Gargano being classic babyface, but they did change roles a couple times mm-hmm. where uh, they where they could. I think uh, Champa was pretty good at being a babyface and Gargano was being a, a good at being a heel, but I don't remember it very well because it was kind of. I feel like the bulk of that work kind of came in the NXT is moving to TV to TV days. And then that kind of blurs into the pandemic times. You guys have strong feelings about it when they kind of swapped their roles for a bit. No, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I didn't really, I, I Gargano, if you give him the tools, he can do anything. And he proved that. I think it's the same with Ciampa because I believed him as a baby face, even though as a heel, like he looks like he would, it, when he's a heel and he makes his heel face, he looks like he would kidnap a baby and make you say his name in order to get it back. Like, that, that's what he looks like when he's, like, making his heel face and doing all that stuff. But when he's a baby face, you fucking buy it. And he looks like a sweet dude that's, like, sad and misses his friend. So I didn't have, like, strong feelings about it. And as much as I have strong feelings about everything they do, I just want to see more of it. I think that in those great, except for Steamboat because he never worked heel, in those great rivalries, if you think about it, there are times when The Rock was heel and Triple H was face. Then there are times when Triple H was a heel and The Rock was the face. Um, there are times when Shawn Michaels was the heel and Brett was the face and vice versa. The great ones and the great rivalries, it that's the way to make it fresh is you just switch mm-hmm. who is what. I think Ciampa is a compelling baby face and I think Gargano is a, is a compelling heel, even though those maybe aren't their... The modes you would think of them being in, maybe not to be their natural setting. They they both are so good that they can work either way and be just as believable as both. So yep. that's that's my thought on it. We wouldn't leave without some of your comments about DIY, aka Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, and you always come through for us. Nate on Facebook said, "I got into it late. The turn was well executed and amazing." I don't think it could be replicated. The blood feud that followed was fun, just ended with a whimper. Also, two great theme songs came out of the breakup, and Johnny and Ciampa are two of my favorite wrestlers now. 
I'm going to need Johnny to go back to the lady version of Rebel Heart, though. Uh Sorry. Like, it's the opposite for me. I actually, I think I'm one of the only people. I prefer Asuka's new version with the lady doing the, and it's like new lyrics and everything. Uh, I actually like that version more than I liked her other version. And I really, I'm sorry, I need Lady, I need Lady Rebel Heart back. That's my yeah. workout song. Give it to me. It pumps me up. Johnny even said that the reason that he liked it so much was because not a lot of male wrestlers had a woman singing their theme song. And it's like, it, it, no, I just, no, I don't like yeah. it. I, it feels like it was made for weird reasons and I don't like it. At all. <laughs> Wes on Blue Sky said, I love the whole story. Even from their first match against one another in the Cruiserweight Classic when they were just getting started on their DIY run in NXT. The match against FTR at TakeOver Toronto still slaps. And their match against one another at TakeOver New Orleans is probably my fave of all time. (sighs) Faye on Blue Sky said they love them as both a tag team and single stars, but their feud lasted maybe a smidge too long. And it's a shame that COVID turned their last encounter into a cinematic match. Despite that, they're pillars of NXT together and apart, and I'd love to see a reunion on the main roster. If you've got anything to say about DIY or Tommaso and Johnny's futures, visit us on our social media channels via the links in our show notes. When we come back, we've got three things from wrestling we want to share with you. That's up next on Tights and Fights. All right, class, tomorrow's exam will cover the extinction and de-extinction of the dodo, PowerPoint as an art form, and the history of Eurovision. Any questions? Uh, yes, you in the back. Uh, what is this? It's the podcast Let's Learn Everything, where we learn about science and a bit of everything else. My name's Tom. I studied cognitive and computer science, but I'll also be your teacher for intermediate emojis. My name's Caroline, and I did my master's in biodiversity conservation, and I'll be teaching you intro to things the British Museum stole. My name's Ella. I did a PhD in stem cell biology, so obviously I'll be teaching you the history of fan fiction. Class meets every other Thursday on Maximum Fun. So do I still get credit for this? (laughs) No. (laughs) Obviously not. No. It's a podcast. (laughs) Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland. I'm joined today by Daniel Rappard and our special three count guest, Julian Burrell. That's right, folks. It's time to share the joy of wrestling with you. This is the three count. Watch my three count. Well, Danielle, what are you going to put over? Oh, so really quickly, I just because I didn't get a chance to mention it during this, I am really enjoying everything that's happening right now with Adam Cole and MJF. I think it's great. Very well done. I love them, boys. Although this is not going to be one of those ones where I cry when they inevitably break up, but I am enjoying it for what it is right now. Sure. But you know what? It's been a whole podcast and I haven't mentioned Rhea Ripley yet. So let's just go ahead and fix that. Mm. Go on Rhea Ripley's fucking TikTok, please. There's no point in playing the audio on this. But so she plays, you know, there's that viral TikTok trend where someone like, I guess it's they, it's like where they like lo- like lock you up again. I forget what it's called. But basically someone goes, put your hands together <laughs> And you kind of clasp them together, your hands. 
open up one of your palms and then the person takes your palm and like presses you against the wall uh-huh. and she does that to Dominic and I was like oh that's why he proposed like that's why buddy was like I'm gonna get you on a beach um, it's it's her TikTok it's amazing I know I've mentioned it before but that was the one that I'm really really into also a few um I probably should have linked this. You know what? I'm going to save this one for next time because this one will Ooh. be evergreen. So this will be a fun one I'll save for next one. Ooh, you're gonna yeah. You have to wait a week to find out. Julian? Yeah. I will say, first of all, I think it's very funny that Danielle put over that clip specifically from Rhea because that's what Lindsay put over last week. Ah, uh, that's the first time we put over the same the clip thing. so nice. We put it over twice. Look. Yeah, that's what that's what. It was, it was uh, nice. Um, <laughs> Amla put over regarding the story of Johnny and Tommaso. One thing that Johnny did a lot of in NXT, he was a very big fan of dressing for the occasion of every single takeover, by which I mean he would pick a different comic book character to dress Mm. like every single takeover. And one thing that was kind of fun on the, there was a lot of it that was kind of like on the surface. Um, It was just fun to dress up like Captain America during, (laughs) during a big event. But what I always liked that he did was that he did take into consideration which of the Marvel movies kind of fit the tone of what he was kind of trying to go for. So when he kind of started becoming corrupted by the dark influence of Tommaso Ciampa, for example, he started wearing like um, red and blue Spider-Man gear that had like black symbiote goo that was going across Mm -hmm. it. So he was becoming more and more evil. (laughs) There was one takeover where he came out as Captain America, very much supposed to be like, you know, like, He's the lone soldier kind of one because I think at this point he had like kind of he was doing like, like nomad yeah and it's just like just a lot of little things like that that I think it, like he it was an aesthetic choice but at least he was also trying to tie it into a theme every single time and it's a you know when so if you go back and watch any of those matches go uh, watch watch what he's wearing to the ring he's trying to uh, to sell the story before he's even locked up then and I I appreciate that fantastic as for me you know. I can't let another week go by with everybody saying L.A. night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, <laughs> he gave an interview. This is not what I'm putting over where he talks about the yeah. He he talked about a few different uh, things. I, Howard Stern being one of them. But with everybody saying comes from a Dr. Dre song off the off the chronic. So that's where he got that oh. from. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was, of course, the Impact Champion or TNA or whatever. Sorry, I don't know the name, but he was the world champion there as Eli Drake, which means he worked for Smashing Pumpkins frontman Billy Corgan, who recently gave uh, an interview where he talked about L.A. Knight. And uh, I thought it was really interesting. And here's a clip off of TikTok. What do you think it is that WWE is not? Why aren't they pulling the trigger on him? I was in the office of TNA pushing him saying, we've got to get behind this guy. And I heard the people in the office who didn't buy it. I think one thing that people would point to from a booking point of view, again, this was not my perspective. I heard it in the office there was size. NWA is very big. We're kind of very big with our main event guys. So a guy who's 6'1", 6'2", can look small and optics in in the product can be an issue Mm. if you're going to be five nine or six one or whatever you got to be one of the all-time greats you got to be ray mysterio you got to be Shawn michaels does he have that level of ability can he wrestle at that level yes i've seen it i know it i would have not an ounce of doubt i did not know he was that short oh yeah you know what and also when it comes to Billy Corgan, what does SZA say? Broken clocks, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He is wrong about so much stuff, but he got that one right. 
Well, that does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Daniel Radford, along with me, Hal Lublin. SAGAfterStrike.org is where you can go to learn about the strike that we're doing right now. And hey, if you're going to be out on the lines, consider wearing a mask. There's no mandate, I understand, but cases are going up as our hospitalization. So I'm going to use my bully pulpit to uh, just suggest that it might be a good idea to consider it. Danielle? Uh, we're still all WGA, SAG, strikety, strikety, strike. Honest trailer, still doing those. I'm allowed. Also, another thing I am allowed to talk about is the new season of the Dimension 20 role-playing games. We are on, by the time you hear this, our third episode will be out over on Dropout. So go check it out. It's, it's really, really fun. We shot it wow like way back in like january and yeah it was a good time yeah like just uh please continue to support the strike uh we all want it over i want to talk about so many things online that i'm not allowed to talk about both my friends projects to support them like things that they've already done that are out that they can't talk about just i I, you know i'm ready for all of us to get back to work go strike go and there are many ways that you can support you can buy shirts all of those things go check them out on all of their socials and they can tell you the best ways to support the strike if you are not able to stand on the picket line our producer is the fundamentalist julian burrell senior producer at maximum fun is laura swisher mike eagle is the voice behind our theme music so we're putting him over for that thank you to all the max fun members that keep this show going keep up with us all week long on all of our social media channels you can find the links to those in the show notes find our tights and fights wrestlemania shirt at maxfunstore.com and celebrate ice cream christmas all year long it's such a comfortable shirt i wear mine all the time we'll be back next week for more you guessed it wrestling Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network. Of artist-owned shows. Supported directly. By you.